Hi, everyone. I'm Bill Nordstrom, and welcome to the program today. I hope you had a chance to listen to our last episode, part five in our series on Matthew 24. We took a major rabbit trail. I'm tempted to say it was a bunny trail, but in actuality, it was a full-grown rabbit adventure. I believe the Holy Spirit took us there for a reason, with all we're addressing regarding the, the, the second coming of Christ, the trouble, the, the great trouble that will precede that coming, it was important we address the issue of persecution. We certainly expect persecution from the world, but, but I'm speaking of a persecution of a particular kind, that which will ultimately come from many of those inside the professing community. Precious believers of of like precious faith who will see initial events in the first three and a half years leading to the Great Tribulation from from a much different perspective. Peace and safety, construction of a temple in Jerusalem and others, they will see as God sends answers to prayer. After all, aren't we to pray for the peace of Jerusalem? And, And here it comes, when in fact... These are temporary respites, a a counterfeit peace offered by a man with much more sinister motives. The point I'm making here is the church, those of us who have a a scriptural understanding of God's well-prophesied plan for his covenant people and believers everywhere, will see these sudden and historic measures as one of the most deceptive agendas ever, ever perpetrated on mankind. And in the grace of God, we, the the awakened body of Christ, will energetically make that known, and that will bring pushback. My brother and sister, that will result in what, what Jesus warned of in Matthew 24. See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. That is the end result of misunderstanding or at worst, neglecting the warnings of Jesus himself to, to go to Daniel to let the reader understand. Now, you may argue from that passage I just read that Jesus was, was speaking to his followers, young Jewish men, and, and those verses pertain to the Jews. Well, the answer to that is a resounding yes, but it's a yes, but. Satan has always targeted the Jew first. He knows that if he can eliminate the covenant people, he wins. But remember, according to Revelation chapter 12, verses 16 and 17, the earth came to help the woman. Not everyone in the midst of the Great Tribulation will be on board with the devastation being perpetrated by the Antichrist. A prophetically awakened church walking in signs and wonders, providing sanctuary for the Jews, being scattered to the nations, fleeing from the Antichrist. And verse 17 shows the Antichrist turns to make war on the saints those who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Read it, Revelation chapter 12. I'll say it again. That is the end result of misunderstanding or worse, neglecting the warnings of Jesus to go to Daniel and let the reader understand. Everything we talked about in that previous episode 
the, the coalition of the nations, shifting religious and political patterns in the Middle East, the desperate need for a spiritual awakening that will alert the church to the crisis ahead. All of that relates directly to the subject at hand, the unprecedented nature of the Great Tribulation. And that's what we're going to look into today. Matthew 24, I'm just going to read two verses, verses 21 and 22. For then, here's a timing indicator Jesus gives us, for then there will be great tribulation, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now, no, and never will be. And if those days had not been cut short, no human being would be saved. But, here it is again, but for the sake of the elect, those days will be cut short. The Great Tribulation will be one of the most difficult in history for Israel, the church, and the nations. Persecution against the saints from the rage of the Antichrist because they refuse to take the mark of the beast and worship the man of sin. And the nations because of the Antichrist's control of governments and economic systems throughout the world. If I could stress anything at this moment, it would be to show that those who take a position the church can't possibly be on earth at this critical time, because of the widespread death and destruction, it would be to remind them the God of Abraham has always provided places of refuge and safety to those who are his. There are many survivors in the midst of the Great Tribulation. Jews are provided refuge and Gentiles, survivors who have had the strategies of the Holy Spirit. There are survivors, many. Clearly, the Old Testament scriptures speak clearly of the Father's heart for his chosen and his elect. And let me be candid and direct here. If your frame of reference is only the Left Behind series you read years ago, and you've not invested time in the Old Testament scriptures that, that clearly speak of this time, you're placing yourself in a position of fear and trepidation that will only allow you to see escape. Listen, there are Jews in Egypt, Edom, Syria, who survived the tribulation, they're not translated. They're not raptured at the return of Christ. They move with their other survivors into the millennial rule and reign of Christ onto the earth. I'm going to give you some scriptures that clearly point that out. Revelation 9, And the fifth angel blew his trumpet. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any green plant or any tree, but, but only those people who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Listen to Revelation chapter 16, verse 1. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured out his bowl on the earth, and harmful, painful sores came upon the people who bore the mark of the beast and worshipped its image, not the believers, not the saints. Verse 6, For those, those who took the mark, have shed the blood of the saints and prophets, and you've given them blood to drink. That's the wrath of God against the ungodly. Of course there is martyrdom. 
There's always been martyrdom throughout the ages. But it's incorrect and unscriptural to take a position we must be removed because there is no chance for survival. This is not even to mention the signs and wonders at the hands of the church, along with the miraculous activities of the two witnesses during the Great Tribulation. Here's the point. God has not given you or me over to the beast. In future episodes, we'll be addressing what Jesus told the disciples about the the sign of the fig tree. When the branch is tender, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see all these things, you know that he is near. He's at the very gates. The lesson to the listeners was, you could well be here. And that's the lesson for us also. The days of Noah. God is faithful to get you and to move you. His wrath came, came to flood the earth, and his mercy came to save the remnant. Matthew 24 shows us Jesus. Jesus returns before nothing is left. There's protection by means of the Spirit. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and not loving our lives even unto death. The Great Tribulation is not just a dramatic time period of death and destruction that suddenly pounces on a clueless world. There will be plenty of warning as in the days of Noah, from the prophets, from the church, those who know the word of God. Listen to these verses, Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where did they come from? And I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes. They've made them white in the blood of the Lamb. The angel Michael accomplished his victory over Satan, casting the dragon from the heavenlies to the earth to begin the final great tribulation, the final three and a half years. It comes as a woe to the earth, but with great anointing and power upon the church for its final testimony is a a multitude beyond numbering coming out of the Great Tribulation. All of this at the midpoint of Daniel's 70th week, when Satan is confined to the earth for this very short period of time, but the timing indicators will be abundantly clear the daily sacrifice being taken away, the abomination of desolation is being placed in the temple. All will be of no surprise to a prophetic praying travailing church. The verses I read a minute ago show clearly what God has invested in giving the church the greatest heads up in in history. Critical preparation in the first half of the week is is why the church will be prepared for the great transition at the beginning of the second half. God does not leave his beloved body flapping in the wind, subject to all the demonic desires of the Antichrist. There is a coming time of great preparation, actually a time that begins now. As Satan is evicted from the heavens... The two witnesses received their power with 
unimaginable signs and wonders astonishing the world. Not only the witnesses, but the entire body of a masculine of saints who receive strength and power to be strong and do great exploits and instruct many. As the prophet Joel so clearly prophesied, it's a, it's a dual fulfillment, as in chapter 2. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like, like blackness. There is spread upon the mountains a great and powerful people. Their like has never been before, nor will be again after them through the years of all generations. And then Joel speaks in uh, chapter 2, verse 12. Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and with weeping and with mourning, and rend your hearts, not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he's gracious and merciful. He's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and he relents over disaster. Pockets of mercy, clear geographic locations. Again, the prophet Joel The Lord roars from Zion. He utters his voice, where? From Jerusalem. And the heavens and the earthquake. But, but the Lord is a refuge to his people, a stronghold to the people of Israel. Clear places of refuge on the earth for his people, Israel fleeing to the nations, a spiritually enlightened church, aiding and abetting the covenant people through this darkness. It's a great day. And yes, it's a terrible day. Folks, there are many things to come, and our hearts need to be prepared for them. There is a coming persecution, a persecution that's unimaginable. We, we, we couldn't possibly comprehend its depth and, and what it will cost on the earth. But God has not left us without the power of His Spirit and the understanding of His Word and to respond to that in great love and mercy. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for such a great assurance of of your love for us, especially in such a time as this. Your grace is sufficient for all occasions, whether in time, a time of abundance or or time of lack, whether, whether in peace or disruption. In all situations, Father, You give your angels charge over us. Lord, we ask you to reveal your heart to us in these days that we might might know your thoughts and your intentions for the days ahead and that we might align our hearts to your perfect will for all occasions. We know your promises are abundant and that all things will work together for good because we love you and you love us and we're called according to your purpose, your mercy, and your grace. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And to this we say, Maranatha. God bless you. I'm Bill Nordstrom.